Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now as Pastor Joe Pettig teaches from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. A few months ago, I had a, a filling fall out, and right away I told my wife, I said, you know, I need to call the dentist. And she says, yeah, yeah, I know you need to call the dentist. And then, you know, it wasn't bothering me. There was no pain, no discomfort. So I waited, and I put it off. You know where I'm going with this, huh? And I waited, and I put it off, and I waited, and I put it off, and all of a sudden, you know, I had some sensitivity back there, you know, and I thought, well, I really need to call the dentist. And then in a short period of time, there was, you know, terrible, heavy-duty pain, and then it was just like I couldn't even sleep. I couldn't even talk. I couldn't even think straight. It was so bad. So to make a long story short, you know, the dentist, you know, took a look at it and I had to get a root canal. I had to get a crown put on and, you know, and I, and I think back at that and I think, you know what, if I would have responded right away and did what was right, I would have caught, it would have saved me a lot of money. It would have saved me a lot of heartache and hurt and pain and all that stuff. As believers, for the most part, you know, many times we know it's right, but we can make excuses not to do what we know that's right. And there's pain and there's heartache when we do that. You know, when we make excuses, it's so much better to do things God's way, isn't it? And God's way is so much better than our way. God's way, you know, God knows all things. He's all-knowing, as we're going to see in our story. He knows all things. He's all-powerful. He's all-present. He, all present. And his ways are so much better because he knows the future. And it's so awesome to every once in a while stop and, you know, and reevaluate and to say, okay, Lord, you know, show me your way. And actually, it should be like that every day. We should seek the Lord's way. We should seek the Lord's will. And even as we just read in Proverbs 3, you know, that, you know, we're to lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, we're to acknowledge him and we're to allow him to direct our path. But how many times do we continue to direct our own path and we mess up? It's so much better to do it God's way, right? So the title of the message this morning is God's way or your way. You pick. We're going to see a man that did it God's way. So let's take a look at this wonderful story. Again, Luke chapter 5, verse 1. And it says, And so it was, as the multitude pressed about him, Jesus, to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone away from, from them and were washing their nets. Then he, Jesus, got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. 
But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at his he fell down at Jesus's knees saying, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. What a story. Last week, we looked at how Jesus demonstrated his power among the people. He demonstrated his power. Remember, he cast out demons. He, he healed uh, Peter's mother-in-law. He cast out the fever from her. He, you know, rebuked the fever. We see that in verse 40 and 41 of chapter 4, you know, he healed multitudes and everyone that came to him, he touched them and he healed them. He demonstrated his power. And even in our story here, he demonstrates his power, doesn't he? But another thing is he demonstrated his power when he spoke the word of God, when he taught the word of God, so much so that people were coming from all around to hear him speak. They knew that he spoke with power. They knew that he was speaking you know, directly from God. He was God in the flesh, the son of God. He spoke with power. And get the picture, okay? He's there speaking. And as he's speaking, you know, multitudes are coming. Multitudes are coming more and more. And finally, I get this picture of, you know, I don't know where he was standing, but I think he kept backing up and backing up, you know, letting more people get in, more people. Finally, he was just right at the edge of the water. He had nowhere else to go. And they were pressing him and pushing him. And he he was probably having a hard time projecting his voice to to have everybody hear. So he asked Simon if he could use his boat. And Simon allowed him to to go out on the boat a little ways so he can use the water as amplification to speak and better minister to the people. Don't you wish you were there? Wouldn't that be awesome? Hearing Jesus teach. Hearing the word of God the excitement that the people had, that just to hear God speak. Do you still have that excitement for God's word? When we talk about God's way, we're to, we're to keep that excitement for God's word. And I know in my own personal life, sometimes things will get in to choke that out or to you know, take my attention off of the word of God. And sometimes, you know, it's just the word is just like, oh, okay, yeah, well, it's the word. And, and the excitement starts to leave me. And I, and I realize what it is, is there's things in my life that need to be put aside. These people were hungry for the word of God. They were hungry to to hear. And guess what? You know, as you see, Jesus is the one that sat down. These guys had to stand up during the teaching. You think you get tired sometimes, you know, sitting there, you know, imagine standing up. Maybe, you know, sometimes for hours they would stand up and hear the word of God. They would have to stand there. Maybe that helped them to stay awake. I don't know. But they had hunger for the word of God. God's way is that we continue to hunger. And if we don't have that hunger for the word of God, there's something wrong spiritually. We need to pray and say, Lord, what is it? Why don't I have that hunger again? Why don't I have this, this intense hunger to hear your word? Because your word is life. And these people realize that. They realized that that God's word was life and it was speaking directly to them. And they knew he spoke like no other man. 
as we talk about doing things God's way, we see in our story that Peter was faithful at the little things concerning the Lord, wasn't he? He was faithful at the little things. He, Jesus said, you know, can I use your boat? Yeah, can, can I use it as a pulpit? No problem, you know. And as Jesus said, you know, take, you know, take your boat and, you know, move out a little from the land. He, okay, and he was just faithful at the little things. He was ready to do for Jesus anything that he could do for Jesus. The excitement to do whatever I can. I'll do anything for you, Lord. What is it? Ask me and I'll do it. And, and I think sometimes even, you know, as baby Christians, we have that. At least, you know, I know what I did when I was a baby Christian. You know, whatever you want, it doesn't matter, Lord. Whatever you want me to do, I want to do it. I want to do it. Please let me do that. I remember being in the church there in Michigan, you know, you know practically fighting with people. No, no, let me do it. Let me do it. I just want to, I want to serve the Lord. Let's not lose that. Let's continue in that, that we just would do anything. And, and as we talk about the ways of the Lord, we're to have that heart to be servants. Lord, I'll do whatever you want. And sometimes it's easy to say, Lord, I'll do whatever you want. But then when it comes down to, well, you know, I've got this, I've got that going on, I've got this going on. I really don't have time to do any of that. But I'm there for you. Just call on me, Lord, I am there. But are we there? Simon Peter was there in the little things, and God entrusted him with greater things. God gave him greater things. Peter was used, as we know, as we look at the book of Acts, he, he spoke in his first sermon, 3,000 people were added to the church. But I, I believe it all starts here. He was faithful in the little things. Lord, you, know, you want me to put the boat out? Sure. What do you want me to do? I'll put it out. What do you want? I want to encourage you, be faithful wherever the Lord's called you. When you're serving the Lord, be faithful, be consistent, continue to, to do whatever the Lord, what an honor it is. Sometimes I come in here and I, I have to tell you, there, there's times that many, many, many times I, I meet with some of the pastors or, some, or, or we meet with some of the guys here with Steve Acosta, the worship leader, and we sit in the back and there's many times we start to pray and I, I don't want to, you know, I'll just tell you what happens. I sit there and pray and then, you know, I can't help just tears come out of my eyes. I'm like, God, I can't believe that you called me to do this. I, I can't believe that I'm allowed to serve you, that, that you've given me the privilege to serve in the house of the Lord. I can't even, I can't comprehend. My mind can't comprehend that you called me out of darkness. And not only you called me out of darkness, but you're using me for your glory. I can't, I'm just overwhelmed with this, Lord. It's so awesome. Thank you. It's a privilege. It's an honor. It's such a wonderful thing. Let's not lose that joy of serving our God. Let's not lose that excitement of serving our God. I see, I see Simon Peter. I bet, you know, when he said, you know, can I use your boat? I, I see Peter just, he's grabbing that boat. He's picking it up. He's throwing it in the water. He's like, yeah, yeah, Lord, anything you want. Let me do that. And I believe in the church that so many people, you know, could benefit in just keeping their hands filled with the things of the Lord, because when they don't have their things with the, filled with the things of the Lord, doing what God's called them to do, they get their hands in many other things, don't they? And it's so wonderful that we get to do this. You that usher here, you get to do that. You that are doing the words, you know, you get to do that. You, you that are doing the sound, we get to do this. You guys that are serving in the children's ministry, you get to do this. You that are serving in the music and of, the, of this worship service, you, we get to do this. And I see that he was faithful in the little things. 
And God entrusts him with better things. I see here in the story also, as we, thought, we think about you know, God's way, I, I see that you know, he trusted and obeyed even when it didn't make sense. Did you see that in the story? Simon Peter, he trusted and obeyed even when it did not make sense to him. Check this out. He's a fisherman. This is what he does. And, and Jesus is a carpenter. You know, Jesus, you know, he, he's inland. You know what I mean? He, he, he's, he, he grew up inland. He doesn't know about the waters. He doesn't know. You know, Peter knows about these things. He knows how to fish. And Jesus says, you know, you know cast in the deep, you know, and, 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 and I want you to throw your nets out in the deep. And I, you know, as, as he answers, he says, well, you know, we've been toiling all night, Lord. In other words, if this doesn't make sense, Lord, you don't know what you're talking about. Every fisherman knows, you know, nighttime is the time to fish, not the daytime, especially when you throw the nets out in the daytime, the fish scatter, you know, they can see the nets coming. You know, Lord, you don't know what you're talking about. Nevertheless, at your word, don't you like that? At your word, I'll, I'll do it. He trusted him, though it didn't make any sense. And we see that multitude of fish were caught, so many that he couldn't even pull it in. He had to call his friends to help him. Guaranteed, when you walk with the Lord, he's going to call you to do things and to step out, and it doesn't make any sense. And you need to trust and obey. That's what faith is all about. That's what faith is all about. If you totally understood it, it wouldn't take any faith. It's like, of course, that makes sense, Lord. Here I am. I'm going to do this. I understand exactly what you're talking about. Let's do it. But when it doesn't make sense and he calls you out, that's faith. But watch the Lord as you see in our story. I love the, that old hymn, Trust and Obey. Don't you like that? Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust, to trust and obey. There's no other way. As Christians, we're called to a walk of faith. Trusting and obeying. Trusting that the Lord knows what he's doing. As you read the word, as you spend time with him, and he says, okay, do this or do that, and you do it, you have to trust and obey. But guess what? He's always faithful. I think of Moses when he was called to you know, be the mouthpiece for God and to, to go back to Egypt and set the people free. Remember what Moses did? He made excuses. Remember that? Remember he said, Lord, uh, uh, I'm not an eloquent speaker. Remember he says, I, I'm slow to speak. I, I, I'm slow of tongue. I, no, I can't do it. And, and many believe that it means, you know, I, st I stutter. He's probably thinking, God, I, can't you pick somebody else? I, I can't speak that well. Why are you picking me? Remember what the Lord said? I love what the Lord tells him. The Lord basically said, who makes man's mouth? You know, who makes the mute or the deaf? Who makes you know, the blind or who makes man to see? It's me, the Lord. Then he goes on to say, now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you should say. And you think that would be enough when the Lord says, I'll be with your mouth. I'll teach you what to say. You don't have to worry. I'm with you. I, I, I'm going to put my words in your mouth. And you think that would be enough. And Moses would have said at that point, hey, no more excuses, God. This is good. I'll do whatever you say. No, he doesn't do that. You know what he says? 
He says, please send by your hand anyone else. That's what he said. Send anybody. And then what baffles me, when he, when he tells them, okay, Aaron knows how to speak, I'll send Aaron with you. And then he says, well, okay, I guess I'll go. God wasn't enough. But then he trusted and he obeyed. And multitudes were set free. In Deuteronomy 28, we're told that it says, all these blessings will come upon you when you obey the voice of the Lord your God. All these blessings will come upon you. It's found in Deuteronomy 28 too, when you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Another thing we see in our story, these guys work together for the Lord. When we talk about doing it God's way, God loves when we work together. There is a ploy of the enemy to create division in the church. And it is, it's such a ploy to, you know, it, instead of, you know, the enemy comes in and works in the midst of the church to cause division and separation in the church. And it's terrible, Be, you know, trying to get people not to work together, whispering in their ear, oh, what about this? And what about that? Did you see the way they looked at you? Do you know that they said this about you and all these type of things? Let me tell you, we need to fight against division in the church. These guys work together. Simon Peter, they called their partners. They, they needed help. They said, hey, help us out. And they worked together. And that's how it always should be in the house of the Lord. We should fight to work together. Paul the Apostle tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling in which you were called, with lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering. Check this out. Bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the spirit of peace or the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavoring, that, that word endeavoring means you got to work at it to keep peace. You got to work at it to, to keep unity in the body of Christ. So we see these guys work together. Another thing I see regarding God's way is Peter did it with humility, didn't he? God hates pride. Peter did it with humility. When he realized this miracle was done, he dropped to his knees. He fell to, to Jesus' knees and he said, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. Do you realize this? Would, you know, this wasn't just an ordinary. He realized this was supernatural. And he realized he's in the presence of the Son of God, the very Messiah of the world. And he dropped to his knees and said, Lord, I'm just a man. I'm a sinful man. Depart from me. And I want to encourage you, whenever we come into the presence of the Lord, it brings humility, doesn't it? It should bring humility. And God's way is always done with humility. It's so funny. I, I had a counseling appointment many years ago. And this man sat down and he, you know, the very first thing he told me, he looked at me and he says, I need to tell you, I'm probably the most humble guy you've ever met. And I thought he was joking. And I thought that was, you know, this is funny. That, that, and then he was really, he was serious. And he put his head down. And he says, I'm very humble. Well, if he's truly a humble man, he just blew it. He's not humble because he told me he's humble. It, it doesn't work that way. Humility is so important in the house of the Lord and doing the work of the Lord to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. And he lifts us up. 
God hates pride. True humility, and you know, you may have heard this before. It's not necessarily thinking low of yourself. It's really just not thinking about yourself at all. Some humility, it's false humility because you're constantly thinking of yourself, low is me, woe is me, I'm so humble, I'm so... And it's a, no, no, that's not true humility. You're thinking too much of yourself. True humil- humility is when you have your eyes on Jesus Christ and you have your eyes on the needs of others and other people are being ministered to because you're not so self-focused, you're not so self-absorbed, you're not so seeking self because when you seek self, you become depressed. Where you keep your eyes on Jesus. And we see that wonderful picture when he realizes he's in the presence of the Lord. It brings true humility and he drops to his knees. God's ways are always done in humility. It was so awesome. This past Friday, Friday afternoon, my wife and I were here and This man came into the church for the first time and he had questions and he's asking me questions and I kept trying to bring him, you know, to spiritual things and he kept going to to physical things and his concerns and I kept bringing him to spiritual things and the word of God. He kept going back to physical things. I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm getting anywhere. You know, I'm going spiritual. He's going physical. I'm going spiritual. And I'm just like, and finally I felt the Lord just tell me, just, you know, pray with him. And I said, do you mind if I pray for you? And he's like, no, I don't mind at all. And as we were praying, the presence of the Lord, I believe, was just there. And I says, hey, John, would you like to pray and receive Christ as your Lord and Savior? He said, yeah, I really would. I said, do you understand? Do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross? He says, yeah, I believe that. I said, do you believe that God raised him from the dead? He says, yeah. I said, are you ready to repent of your sin right now? And accept Christ as your Lord and Savior? And he says, yeah, I'm ready for that. And I says, and also uh, the bonus package, you, and are you ready to allow God's Holy Spirit to live inside of you? He says, yeah, I, I'm ready. And I says, hey, John, have you ever done this before? He says, no, I've never done this before. I said, let's pray. And he prayed to receive Christ. And I believe it was just the, the humility of God's presence there While we were praying, God's presence was there. As it says in his word, when two or three are gathered together in his name, Jesus said, I'll be in the midst of you. I'll be right there in your presence. And as his presence was there, this man humbled himself and accepted Jesus Christ as his savior. God's ways are done in humility. Keep him in your prayers. His name is John. You know what I also see in this? You can't outgive God. Did you catch that in this story? You can't outgive God. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Simon Peter offers his boat, he offers to row out a little bit, and he's blessed abundantly with this huge catch, a catch that he probably never seen in his lifetime. You can never outgive God. That's God's way. I find that in my personal life. You can never outgive God. As you make yourself available, as you, you know, give of your resources, you can never outgive God. And I find those that are stingy with their time or stingy with their resources, they, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And you just see that they lack. We've got a giving God. We've got a good God that provides for all of our needs according to his riches and glory. You'll never outgive God as Peter 
the fisherman finds out. Let's read these last three verses. And for he, Simon Peter, and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Be a throne of mercy. It's the sound of our singing praise. It's the sound of our singing praise. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. As we come to your throne of mercy, it's the sound of our singing praise. It's the sound of our singing praise.